Welcome to another episode of Living Scent, a missional podcast where we're talking about how do we live as Jesus followers in this world where we enjoy grace, embody love, and engage culture as we learn how to live scent. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Living Scent podcast. Our goal every time we get together is to talk about the things related to discipleship, missional communities, and to dig into topics and discussions that hopefully will help all of us to grow, to be transformed, and to maybe have a better handle on uh, the calling that God's put on our lives, Mm -hmm. which is to make disciples. And uh, so I'm your host today. Pastor Scott is away for this recording, but that's Mm -hmm. okay because across from me is, I think, one of my dearest friends, uh, and Yvonne, you're here. I am. Yeah, and it's so good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, and you know, normally we have Vicky pushing the buttons and flipping the toggles. That's right. Today we have, I'll say, an ample replacement uh, in Caleb <laughs> Shinhira, and what a man. What a man he what is. What a handsome guy. What a handsome Look guy. Look at him. So good. Look I at that smile. I wish you guys could see him. That's a million dollar smile right there. It is. Hey, we're going to have, I think, a great discussion today on the podcast talking about something that, uh, well, Yvonne, what are we what are we going to dig into today? Yeah. I mean, even before I share that, I think this is the first time that it's you and I. This Just you and I. You are like absolutely no, correct. No other person. Does it feel like we're unsupervised? A little bit. Yeah. Which is weird to say because I'm 43. Right, and, and I'm 39. And you're 39, so, but it still kind of feels that way. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know that at some point it's like, when do you start feeling like an adult? But we're well within that zone where we are definitely adults. Well, definitely adults yeah. <laughs> and should feel that and don't need supervision. I'm an adult. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's stop trying to convince ourselves here. Um, but yes, anyway, today... Moving on. Yeah, this week... Uh, yeah, today's Tuesday and this weekend is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we have our Thursday and Sunday services and we're calling it Mother's Weekend. Mm-hmm. And it is the second most attended Sunday only next to Easter. Really? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's super interesting. So I think like we might end up like get, even getting into that a little bit, but even more so, um, in the same way, like when Easter was coming, it was like, Hey, this is a a moment in time where whether you're a believer or not, there mm-hmm. this is a rhythm of the culture where they're just more open to mm-hmm. coming to church. And Mother's Day is another one of those things. Yeah. I think it's really unique because in a lot of ways it's apolitical, it's less agenda-y. I think people kind of like are even kind of uh on Easter because sure. they know that it is rooted in religion. Sure, sure. Um, but Mother's Day isn't. Yeah. Mother's Day is, it seems, you could probably say it's a safe holiday Mm -hmm. that doesn't have a ton of religious, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but religious baggage to it. Certainly Easter and and Christmas do and and, and any other spiritual holiday. But Mother's Day is, it's it's part of the cultural rhythm. Mm -hmm. And whether you're really into Mother's Day or you're not into Mother's Day or it's a, it's a, fun day, happy day, or it's a sad day, it's still a part of the rhythm of of American culture. And Mm -hmm. so we know it's coming, and so we prepare for it. And and again, that's just, I don't think I knew that, that it was the second most Mm -hmm. attended Sunday until a few years ago. And that, it, it blew my mind then, and it still does now. Why do you think that is? 
You know, I think that everybody, regardless of their relationship with their mom or their, there's a lot of motherly figures in our lives. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we're just down to, to honor them. I think it's because moms uniquely are people who can give birth to other humans. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. kind of it's pretty unique. the biggest job there is. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. And so uh, that's like one of the few things that the world kind of, I guess, unites on, at least in America. Yeah. Um, on, hey, that's a really important, special job. Yeah. And so... Yeah. yeah, and and what a day or what an opportunity it is for the church to acknowledge that that unique role, that special role, mm -hmm. and to be able to come alongside. It's kind of you know Mother's Day again, whether you're really into it or not, whether you're all harm, hallmarked out or not. Mm -hmm. Mother's Day is this opportunity for the church to join with this thing that's happening in the rest of culture and. You know, you're you're not going to like you're. How do I say this the right way? You're not going to get in trouble for celebrating Mother's Day, mm -hmm. whereas there are some other cultural holidays that potentially could be uh, like small landmines, mm -hmm. if you will, or you know that have some baggage to it. Yeah, Mother's Day seems like still this safe place where we can celebrate something that. That, that we know as Christians that, mm -hmm. that God has instituted, that God has given us mothers, women, God has given us uh, this gift uh, in, in, our, in our world, and we can be excited about it. Yeah, and I think it's really key because when I think about um, – so, so a lot of what we talk about with our MCs, one of those big things is that for-the-one mm -hmm. culture and how mm -hmm. do we engage our ones? How do we invite people in light of Mother's Day – and I think a lot of times it's like, oh, how do I be a quote-unquote Christian at work? How do I be um, a Christian? How do I show Jesus to somebody who's in my life, my neighbor, my non-believing friend? Mm -hmm. And essentially it's like every person we know, just for the fact that we know them, there's already this Venn diagram that forms mm -hmm. where there's like a little bit of that overlap. Right. And, you know, in terms of what Jesus has done for us, he's made our lives completely overlap with his. Mm -hmm. He's called us into his kingdom, into his family. And right. so with our ones, it's like, okay, we know that Jesus modeled for us in every way what he wants us to do. Mm -hmm. And so we know that in our heads, but like in practice, that feels a lot more awkward and difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And even, you know, uh, you know within the, on the topic of ones and even with the topic of Mother's Day, um, it being such a high attendance day, mm -hmm. there might be, there probably is this, this, uh, this urge or this urgency, if mm -hmm. you will, to invite maybe a mom mm -hmm. or a mom brings her sons or right. uh, that we want to, like we would with Easter. People mm -hmm. are open to coming to church on Easter. Well, people, clearly people are also open to coming to church on, uh, on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And so then the, then the question is, in terms of our one, how how do we how do we engage people? I mean, and and here's really the question, you know, is is inviting people to church on Mother's Day is that is that a healthy pathway to? Um, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Yeah. But but satisfying the the 
the command to evangelize, to, mm-hmm. to go after our one, is inviting um, someone who's related to our mom or a special woman in our life who's meant a lot, inviting them to church, is that a good way of, of going after our one? You yeah. Know. And I, I think whenever I think about these things, like I always get caught up in that, like, like this mm-hmm. one micro thing yeah. that I'm about to do, it is make or break. Right. And then when I think about why I feel so much pressure even behind that, I, my, I start to kind of spiral emotionally or mm-hmm. mentally sometimes of just like, oh my gosh, so okay, if they say yes to this invitation and then the pastor says this thing and then they hear this thing and it happens to be a story that is exactly related to what they're going through and then they're like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then they get saved. I did it. And then there it is. (laughs) I think that it's on me. There's all that pressure, you know? (laughs) And so then you invite, and I've been in that spot where you've invited someone to church Uh and it's nail biting because it's it's all of that. It's it has to, it's, it's the... You know, all or nothing. It, mm-hmm. This is either all going to go the right way or it's not. And and so often, I don't know about you, but I I slip into the, that that error of just like you said, mm-hmm. it's all on me. And yeah. so I need to go through the motions of inviting the person, saying the right thing, meeting them at the right place. The pastor's got to say the right thing. They got to sing the right songs mm-hmm. in order for them to get saved. And I just don't think. I mean, personally, I just don't think that's. I don't, I don't think that's what um, God has called us to. Yeah. And I think it's a really nuanced thing, too, because I think in our culture, if we feel any kind of pressure nowadays, it's like, oh, like you're forcing people to do something. Mm-hmm. But it's pressure is not in and of itself a bad thing. I mean... No, it's not. A, a lot of great things have happened in my life because of pressure. You know, like pressure creates diamonds. I know that's kind of like <laughs> cliche and whatever, but should put that on a T-shirt. Oh I'd gosh, buy it. <laughs> I'm not going to wear it. Um, we put it on T-shirts to burn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's a good pressure. Like I, I want to feel because eager is a different kind of pressure, but it's just like a positive pressure, right? I right. sometimes, not all the time, but I am eager to please the Lord. Mm, and that's good. In wanting to just obey him, also wanting to share just all the abundance of grace that he's like dumped on me, I'm eager for other people to feel that. That is a type of pressure, and that is a great pressure to mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. But yes, the pressure we talked about earlier of just like, oh, it's on me to save this person. Sure. Not to feel that pressure. Yeah. And that from that lens, we could really look at Mother's Day as yet another um, timely tool that is offered to us um, to invite people, because we should invite people to church, but if people say no, or we, for whatever reason, miss out on the opportunity to make the invitation, that's okay, because again, it's not on us to save, nor is it like a single kind of like moment in time. Sure. Yeah. I think that kind of leads me to a discussion I'd I'd like us to have in in terms, so we talked about Mm -hmm. inviting people to church, and there in my mind there seems to be two main and and you know somebody out there who's smarter than me might say no there's three there's seven mm-hmm. but there seems to be two main modes or or pathways to 
to reaching our one. Mm-hmm. And and we're talking about Mother's Day, and we're talking about inviting people to church. And 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 I agree with you. I think there is always a place, and there or there is often a time and a place to invite people to church. Not because we want them to hear the pro. But just because I want you to come and see my community mm-hmm. and experience what it is I experience every week. So and a huge I, part of being Christian, I, I just have to throw this in there. A huge part of being a Christian, of being a child of God, is to be a part of the bride. Yeah. To feel that your weaknesses are completely fine, and even because Jesus wants to show his strength through them, mm-hmm. even through the other people that you're around in the bride. Like, we actually aren't supposed to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. It is more beautiful when you are weak and have some strengths too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that the culmination of all of that, the supernatural uniting of all those things expressed in the bride, which is only where we see that the most in the expression of the gathered church. That's right. Every Sunday, we must invite people to that too. That's right. That's right. And and people need to see that and Mm -hmm. people need to experience that. Yeah. Um, so there's there's the inviting people to church, and I would even say, um, you know, I would liken it to being kind of like a guide. Mm-hmm. So you're you're inviting someone to follow you uh, to this is where I this is where I, I live and exist in in community in the bride, mm-hmm. or this is where, uh, or even I liken it to guiding someone to the reality of the gospel and mm-hmm. explaining it to them. So it's very um, direct mm-hmm. in. In, in reaching the one. But then there's another, so that'd be kind of like being a guide. Mm-hmm. But then there's another mode that I think is, oh, that also has a place, and I'll call it being kind of like a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So a lighthouse exists, you know, on the shore, right off the shore, and it just, it has a light that's going around, and it's alerting people to the things that are around, or it's showing away. It's helping you see something. Yeah, it's helping you see something, mm-hmm. and, and it's static, it's actually not moving around. I mean, it doesn't go from up the coast down the coast. I mean, that'd be <laughs> that'd be crazy. But it just stays right there. And and I would liken another way of reaching our ones by just existing within the existing within the shores of our culture mm-hmm. and showing people the things that exist, showing people, giving a light to. Um, the, to the realities that we live in every single day. So mm-hmm. you're not actually leading someone anywhere. You're just saying, hey, this is how and why I exist. This is what um, this is what I'm called to be in this place. Yeah. And so you have these two different modes of reaching the one. One is like a guide. One is like a lighthouse. Um, where, where do you see strengths and weaknesses in, in both of those? Yeah, I, I think in strengths and weaknesses, it's more like, maybe time and place okay. for for both of them. I think when I think of a lighthouse, to your point, it's at a static, fixed location. And I think that it has the ability to feel very safe because, um, especially initially, because it's very consistent. Mm. Oh, and mm-hmm. in the same way that the lights just kind of like circle around in a certain rhythm and cadence, it's just always there, mm-hmm. always present, always shining light on the same things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really great. Like I think about th- these are the non-believers that we have long-term relationships with, and they've gotten a chance to just see within this same vessel of a person sure. that is you, sure. um, how you've like grown, how you handle life's pressures, how you handle grief and loss, how you handle celebration. Mm-hmm. 
all that. Uh, sin, failure, mm-hmm. uh, things Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Parenting, all of those right, things. Right, right. They've been to your house and they've seen that you're a real person with your own messed up, fractured life. Yeah. And they're watching you and how you cope with with all of it mm-hmm. and what what motivates and what strengthens and what empowers. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And, and they are more audience to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not quite offering, they are free to make their own interpretations and put meaning to it. Whereas with the guide, I feel like you are giving a little bit more, you're providing direction mm-hmm. to the meaning of these things. Sure. And so even in that, you can kind of, um, the two just actually meld together mm-hmm. and it's like different time and place. So maybe uh, a neighbor that's known you for a really long time has seen your parenting journey mm-hmm. and say that they're, uh, they were first a married couple mm-hmm. and then now they're about to have their own kids and they're like, oh my gosh, like Jason, you seem like a vet parent. You have three kids of your own mm. and we've seen you do this. Um, like, can you just give me some advice? Sure. And that's like a guide moment. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't say, hey, we'll just keep watching <laughs> What I'm doing, yeah. and maybe you'll pick it up. It'd be weird if you went yeah. over to the went over to their house on the day they bring the baby home, and yeah. you're like, "Hi, uh, I would like to uh, now that you have the baby, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to instruct you on how to go about everything that you need to do." Like right. you wouldn't do it like that. No, no, no. Yeah, that, that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could, and someone honestly just in the throes of desperation, you know, that those first few weeks is just like, dude. I, I can't sleep. I'm a zombie. You know, they that actually might be welcomed. But you're okay, and, and yeah. that's a great point. And, yeah. and and you you said it. It it's about context, mm-hmm. and that there are. I mean, every single day yeah. we are whether we're in the grocery store, whether we're in our homes mm-hmm. or wherever we are. There's people around us that don't know the Lord mm-hmm. and are, and, and we say this all the time, but are desperate for a sense of, they don't even know it, but they're desperate for a sense of hope, mm-hmm. a sense of love, acceptance, yeah. and they're, they're all around us. Mm-hmm. And that there are some contexts in which it might be the best yeah. to be that static lighthouse, mm-hmm. illuminating, uh, illuminating things in the chaos of, of life. And then there's other times when... Um, you know, and I loved your example of, of you know, the new parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other times when it might be the best to take someone by the hand and say, I know that you're hurting. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to offer you something that has been a blessing to me and has helped me in, in the chaos of my own life. Yeah. And so it's all about context. Yeah. And I would even say that, like, we are always lighthouses, like, for some reason, the analogy that came to mind, maybe because I recently ate lunch, is uh, fried rice. Mm-hmm. So in, in fried rice, I would say the lighthouse is the actual rice. Okay. Whereas, like, the guide is just the different kind of toppings that are in there. And, um, you know, the lighthouse is the base. We are always the lighthouse. And it is important to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that we are always shining something. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, okay, now I'm going to show uh, Jesus because that person's watching at this moment. It's like, no, they're watching all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's very important for us to know. Yeah. And then the guide is like really, okay, am I the type of person that tends to try to guide too much? <laughs> like, and 
you know, in fried rice, if you have too much, yeah. like dare I say, meat, yeah, it actually can overtake. Like you actually still need more rice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the all the fried rices that we like, it ha- actually has a good amount of like meat still. Sure. And and so I think it's just always trying to find the right ratio. And even as I say right, right ratio, like it's not a formula. Yeah. I think it's it's different. Yeah. Like every single person is a different type yeah. of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, <laughs> not every person is a different type of fried rice, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Um, hey, all analogies break down yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you know, you said, um, you said something that I really loved and that was that we're uh, base level were all lighthouses. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that immediately made me think of, so my son, um, uh, plays soccer mm-hmm. and I last year was the coach of the team. And so I, and I, I knew, and, and this was, it was interesting because I was the, I was the head coach and, uh, and I was the head coach in a community in which I don't really, I don't want to say exist, but it was in Castro Valley. Mm-hmm. So that's not home base for me. Yeah. Um, Nevertheless, I knew that people eventually are going to find out what Coach Jason does mm-hmm. because the kids ask, the parents ask, mm-hmm. and you know if I, you know, I have it on my email signature, you know, and so, and not just because I'm a pastor. In fact, not at all because I'm a pastor, but because I'm in this environment, yes, to coach my son, but also to to be a breath of fresh air. Uh, to be gracious to these eight, nine-year-old kids who mm-hmm. are on the team and to their parents. Um, because, you know, and it's interesting, I, had a, I ended up having a conversation with our assistant coach who uh, last year uh, was my one. Mm-hmm. And I was praying for her and was just in every practice, every practice on my way there, I'd be like, God, I have no idea what to say to this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see, uh, but I know little bits about her life that she shared, but she's very, uh, she's very private, but you've, you've put her in my life. And, um, uh, I, I really just want to, you know, I want to, I want to say something to her that will bless her. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, um, opened the door and began to, uh, to give opportunities. And, you know, my role was not to, here's what I, I, I've, I've found great freedom from. My role was not to save this woman, you mm-hmm. know, going back to the very beginning, yeah. my role was not to save this woman. Yeah. It was just to be, um, to, to be, to be there and to, to, to love her and to be gracious and to, you know, to speak to her. What, where do you see, um, I mean, this, this whole idea of the one, this, this has, this is not just something that resonate invented. Right. Um, where, where do you see this in, uh, in the scriptures? Where do you see this as a, as a command? Yeah. So, I mean, even in the launch point of a, a verse that we talk about a lot and that lots of churches talk about is even the great commission in Matthew 28 mm-hmm. of just, Hey, go make disciples who make disciples, you know, and, um, I think that in making disciples, it's from people who don't yet know Jesus to becoming people who do know Jesus and are therefore followers mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And then you could, so that that's kind of like our, that's our foundation for, for you know, for making disciples. That's our foundation for the one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you think about it, um, you know, there's, there's so many places in the scriptures where both the... Uh, where God's people are either lighthouses or guides. 
Um, so then how then, whether we're, whether it's context, whether, whatever the context is, whether we're guys or lighthouses, like how do we go about this? Like what, what are some practical ways that we can begin to take steps of reaching our one? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I know this is not super practical, but it's almost like the, the approach of just knowing that even to pursue our ones is actually the way that Jesus is inviting you and I to need him more. Hmm. And that that's what it's most about in this really important activity of obeying him by um, seeking out our ones. Hmm. And, um, and yeah, just in case we didn't hit that explicitly enough, when we talk about our ones, we mean just the people in our lives. It doesn't have to literally be only one person, but mm-hmm. it can be, mm-hmm. um, of just someone who does not yet know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, It's not someone who goes to, who's already a Christian and goes to a church that you think is not as good, or <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's not that, but it's someone who does not yet know Jesus. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, like, to just know that, I, f- I feel like is one of the most practical things about this, mm-hmm. because that is where the pressure is off. And it is where even excitement can come of like, Lord, even though this is a scary process, I'm actually going to get to know who you are. And in doing so, like just trust you more from this process of doing what you asked me to do. Yeah. And that's yeah. pretty much all of Jesus's commands. Yeah. Everything he asks us to do is that we would even grow in greater intimacy with him along with, yes, obey him because he is our Lord. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's not that's not super practical, but then I think in that it just also brings me to a point of like prayer more, like how you were talking about how you prayed for your assistant coach before every practice mm-hmm. and it just has me in that space mm-hmm. um like much more and also praying after. Yeah. And and when my thoughts of frustration arise for, for me to just be on my knees and ask God like who am I in this? What is my role? What's mm-hmm. what's your role? Yeah. And just to cry out to him. Yeah. yeah. And I think the the beautiful thing is that, you know, I can hear some of our friends uh, asking the question. This mm-hmm. sounds a lot like doing and earning and whatnot. And I would say the gospel gospel does not just bring us to a place of salvation and acceptance by God, but it also frees us mm-hmm. to um, to take up his mantle and to to get to work, if mm-hmm. you will, not to earn anything, yeah. but because he's freed us to do it. Mm-hmm. He's freed us to take on his ministry. His this is this great commission mm-hmm. doesn't belong to us. Mm-mm. It belongs to him. And the way that God intended to reach the world mm-hmm. was by transforming us, so that we might be agents of transformation, of reconciliation in the world. Mm-hmm. So it frees us to do that. So we're, um, so there, and like you said, there's no burden mm-hmm. to it that it's on us. Yeah. But that actually, God wants actually God wants us to interface with Him. He wants us yeah. to to walk with Him. He wants us to to agonize. Mm-hmm. with him over the process. And so even even earlier in this podcast, when even when you were introducing me, like we were looking at each other in the eyeballs, mm-hmm. and man, I just felt your how you're for me and your affection for me. And uh, I think that the more we talk about the people we love and the mm-hmm. more we spend time with them, that just grows. Yeah. And so every time I am t- I'm talking to someone 
who doesn't yet know Jesus is when I'm most keenly aware of who my Jesus is to me. Mm. That it it does one of two things. That as I talk about Jesus, and I th- or I even think, I, maybe I chicken out and I never talk about him, <laughs> but I think about talking to Jesus with a non-believing friend. Right. Like I either grow in my affection for him, and 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 a lot of times that's what pushes me over the edge to even open my mouth and say anything, mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh my gosh, he is my Jesus. Something so like intimate and almost even possessive in a way, um, or it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about him because he's not that great. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an important journey for everybody. Right. I mean, if you find that you're just not very compelled to talk about him. I mean, hey, like explore that relationship mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You know, don't try to obey someone that you're not feeling loved by, that yeah. you're not in love with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and how cool is it that even if we find ourselves in that place mm-hmm. that I don't where where you say I don't want to share the gospel. I don't want to be a lighthouse or a guide. I don't want to do any of that. That Jesus is so gracious that he'll even walk with us in that place. Mm-hmm. And I know people, and I've experienced it myself, where I think I w- at one point said in my younger years that, well, evangelism is just not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Same. That's and, not my gift. Yeah, it's not my gift. Yeah. And so I'll stick to studying the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, Paul says... Uh, how will they know, how will they call on him uh, in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless it is they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I mean, this is mm. um, this is God saying, I, I so much want to, I want you to know, I mean, the fact that God would use us to bring this word is, is affirming mm-hmm. of God's love for us. Yeah. And even in our hesitation, in our chickening out, which mm-hmm. I've had many, <laughs> um, that God is so gracious and loving that he even wants to walk with us in that, mm-hmm. in that space. Yeah. Um, so that we might be the ones who bring the good news to the people who are needing it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that this is like one of the... Th- why we press on for the one culture so much in our MCs. And it is the the thing that we've heard that mm-hmm. our MC leaders in general, don't worry, you're not alone. We're not here to guilt you or anything like that. Yeah. But just to know that it is the most awkward thing to make um, to make space in the MC about. And part of it is mm-hmm. because it already feels awkward. So it's yeah. like, oh, how do I put it into yeah. MC? <laughs> you know? And yeah. um, I would just ask you, do you want you and your group to grow in affection for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then fight for that for the one culture. Do the uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. Um, have the hard conversation and discussion about about your ones. Yeah. Um, and don't quote me it's, uh, as saying this, but maybe even spend an MC gathering on mm-hmm. just that. Yeah. That, that's, and, that actually, that's okay. Yeah. And so for me, uh, I'm not great at For the One Culture myself. So I'm not saying this as an expert. So like, don't hear that. 
Um, in fact, my apprentice is actually stronger in it than I am. <laughs> and so this is the quarter where she is leading eight out of the 10 times. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten to enjoy the for the one culture that she is really amping up far more than I did. That's awesome. And so um, it that, it's just such an encouragement to me because I, I can just see how our group is growing in affection mm-hmm. for Jesus because of that. Mm-hmm. Praise yeah. God. Praise God. Well, thanks for just um, helping me understand this better, Yvonne. And uh, again, our hope is that you would be encouraged, you would be excited, you would be um, pressing into the Lord more and more, not just in the for the one culture that we want to build, but just in developing disciples, knowing that all of us are on a journey, all of us are seeking to grow. We all have a need, which is Jesus Christ and Our hope is that as we continue to um, have that need met by him and his presence, that uh, we would grow as disciples and in our attempt to be making disciples. God bless you. Have a great week. Happy Mother's Weekend. Happy Mother's Weekend.